today on Ag News Daily. Um, I feel like the demand is still strong, and like I said, I still think it's a friendly market. February 6th, 2023, Monday edition of Market Monday episode of the Ag News Daily Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Invita, your solution to season-long nitrogen fixation when and where your crop needs it. Tanner and Jennifer here today to bring you the latest headlines. How's Jennifer doing? I am doing pretty good. It's Monday and we're starting the week off strong here on campus with classes and exams rolling off now. Oof, exam time, exactly. At least the weather has been pleasant, so you can walk nicely between classes. That is very true. I didn't take the bus once today because it wasn't been really cold outside, which was really nice. That's good. We still may be in for a little bit of wind the rest of this week. It looks like right now the National Weather Service is saying that strong winds are expected from South Dakota to Illinois today. The South Dakotans We'll get the brunt of that. They have forecasted from 35 to 45 miles per hour with gusts up to 50. Light snow and freezing drizzle is uh, as you push yourself further north, North Dakota and Minnesota. And then as you look towards Wisconsin and the other directions pushing further east, freezing fog might have hit some of our listeners this morning. Ultimately, it looks like uh, we should be in the clear for most of our listener area weather-wise, Jennifer. Well, that is great to hear. Looking great for weather, which means a good week ahead of us, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully a better week after, of course, all the news around the Chinese quote-unquote spy balloon was discovered. However, a second Chinese balloon was spotted over Latin America and, again, was stated from the China, from Beijing's foreign ministry stating it was a civilian-use balloon made to tr- track weather patterns and it was blown off course. Of course, these four ministry spokespeople are saying that the balloon had deviated from its planned route and ended up over Latin America and the Caribbean. Uh, Obviously, United States officials had noticed the first balloon as it entered in through Alaska and Canadian territory down through Idaho and the rest of the path before shooting it down outside of the Carolinas on Saturday. Uh, still stated here from Chinese officials that these were from civilian airships used for research and mainly meteorological purchases purposes, and says that both of these balloons had deviated far from their planned courses. The Chinese side regrets that the unintended entry into U.S. airspace was the result of this changed path. Of course, Jennifer a lot of different varying opinions and trying to source the truth as to what these structures were is still to be really maintained. But as far as we know now, the official releases from the Chinese Republic is stating that these were not intentional flight paths and that they understand it was an unacceptable violation of entering into U.S. airspace. But for the time, they're basically just saying, I'm sorry. Well, that is an interesting update to consider as we move forward with the situation. My first headline of the day is NCBA members set policy priorities for 2023. The president of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association says getting a farm bill passed in 23 is a top priority for members. 
Tom Wilkinson of South Dakota says within the Farm Bill, the organization would like to see additional funding for foot and mouth vaccines. He tells Brownfield members also want to see funding made available that would support the reauthorization of programs like the Livestock Risk Protection. He said that he's always seen protections on crop producers such as corn and soybeans, but not quite as much on the livestock side. So now that there is something available, he just wants to see it promoted more to help cattle producers across the country. NCBA policy priorities also include securing reauthorization of animal health provisions in the 2018 Farm Bill and advocating for expanded funding of the National Animal Vaccine and Veterinary Countermeasures Bank to protect against foot and mouth disease, protecting funding, EQIP, CSP, and other voluntary conservation programs that incentivize science-based active management of natural resources and protecting the cattle industry from regulatory attacks under waters of the United States and Endangered Species Act. Yeah, that is certainly, I think, uh, a lot of policy that our listeners would like to have focus on. Another big headline that uh, we will tackle next is the January jobs report. But before that, have you heard that there's a new nitrogen in town? Invita provides a constant season-long nitrogen supply created directly within the cells of your crop's plants. With Invita, there's no application guesswork in foil or foyer. Invita fits your farm's practices and works all season long to provide accessible nitrogen when and where your crop needs it. To learn more about filling your nitrogen gaps this growing season, visit exoticna.com. That is A-Z-O-T-I-C-N-A.com. Well, Jennifer, the jobs report farly exceeded expectations. It showed an increase of 517,000 jobs in January, crushing estimates that came in at 187,000. Unemployment hit a 50-year low, falling to 3.4% compared to the estimate of 3.6%. The largest category of leisure and hospitality averaged 128,000 jobs. But the biggest thing here is what investors are viewing this jobs report as. It's bad news for those that are looking to see stocks rebound and bounce up because this is giving expectations that the Fed will continue to raise rates as they move forward. As uh, Jan Hytus stated, the surprise looks like Federal Reserve will be able to press ahead with their interest rate hikes to battle the 2% inflation number target that they are looking to get down to. This, however, is going to continue to put pressure on the Dow here midday. As we recorded this, it was down several hundred points triggered because of that jobs report. And the U.S. economy now may be shifting towards disinflation. And that might, Jennifer, be a welcoming difference as it shifts towards disinflation, which is obviously the opposite of inflation. That would be to the results of the federal chair, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell. If they continue to push their interest rates up to get to that 2% target, there may even be a period here that will come 
from prices dropping. So it'll be interesting to continue to watch. You know, the drop in the rate of inflation is generally good for consumers, but ultimately good for the U.S. economy when inflation is historically been high. This will see an overall decline in prices, decline in the cost of living, and those falling prices tend to send strength into the economy as households that have been putting off purchases now know that they could get a better deal compared to the prices that they had seen. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that, Jennifer. But uh, ultimately, the jobs report sent shockwaves throughout the news today. On that note of shockwaves, more than 3,000 individuals were killed this morning in Turkey and Syria by a huge earthquake. This earthquake had a magnitude of 7.8 and brought down whole apartment blocks in Turkish cities and piled more devastation on millions of Syrians displaced by years of war. It struck before sunrise in harsh weather and was followed in the early afternoon by another large quake. In Turkey, the death toll stood at 1,700 and approximately 12,000 individuals were recorded as injured. In Syria, at least 1,200 people were killed. Wow, that uh, is certainly not good news, but I'm glad that you shared that headline with our listeners. Continuing to reflect on the inflation levels it'll be good to know that a lot of your favorite super bowl foods have gone down in cost the wells fargo super bowl food report stated as a uh, department of the bureau of labor statistics usda federal reserve economy system and the nielsen nielsen research center states that some of your foods have gone down when you talk specifically chicken wings those prices are down 22 percent from last january and guacamole could be able to be mixed a lot thicker as avocado prices are down 20% from a year ago. Still some elevated prices for your beef, which would be sirloin steak if you're trying to put steak nachos together or hamburger. But outside of that, shoppers looking to save here now know that there are some additional cost saving goods for their Super Bowl parties. Of course, Super Bowl hit this time last year and just ahead of COVID in 2020. So a large jump was made during the 2021 Super Bowl. You, uh, If you're looking to have soft drinks or beer at your Super Bowl party, Soft drinks are up more than 20% in cost and beer over 11%. So you might be able to eat, Jennifer, for a little bit of a cheaper price, but it looks like if you're looking to consume or drink more than just water, that's where the price increase will hit you during the Super Bowl party this year. Well, it sounds like my party that I'm going to this weekend with Chili is going to be in the good spot then. My last headline for the day is on house reps pushing for seed tech and autonomy in 24 budget. In hopes of solidifying Americans' ag competitive role in the global market, 27 House members signed a letter to the White House last Thursday, stressing the importance of ag research investments in the 2024 budget. The 2018 Farm Bill authorized the Ag Advancement Research and Development Authority at $50 million a year. However, data from the Economic Research Service shows ag research funding has declined by one-third since 2002. The representatives cited seed technology, plant resilience, autonomy, and safer pesticides as their biggest ag research concerns. A study conducted by the Congressional Research Service found that between 19... 
1990 to 2011, every $1 of public agriculture research and development spending resulted in $20 in benefits for the U.S. economy over a 20-year period. And to keep the investment flowing, the representatives outlined key services that they would like to see get a spot in the 24 budget, including publicly funded research, university programs, and USDA Ag Research Services, Econ Research Service, and the National Ag Statistics Services. Dang, there you go. The last headline that I have today before markets is Case International celebrates 100 years of the Farmall Tractor. So this week, Case IH is kicking off their celebrations to honor the 100th year anniversary of the Farmall Tractor. In 1923, they set out to design a tractor that would replace horses. And today, that Farm All brand still serves as a workhorse on farms across the globe, says Scott Harris, the global brand manager for Case International. Generations after generations have seen Farm All as a symbol of the modernization of farming. Jennifer, in honor of their milestone, Case IH will give away a brand new Farm All 75C tractor to one individual who shares how Farmall has helped shape their farm over the years and how it's become a part of their family. This contest launched during the NCA, NCBA trade show uh, that happened starting last week. And the announcement will come at the FFA convention in November of 2023. And here is a quick message again from our sponsor today. Remember, that we can get nitrogen when and where your crop needs it, and it's never been easier to do so. Infuro or foliar Invita grows with the plant, colonizing roots and giving leaves to fix nitrogen in the cells where it's needed most. Whether you're boosting yield or reducing your nitrogen inputs, Invita is the partner your crops have been looking forward to looking for to bridge nitrogen gaps all season long. To learn more about Invita, visit exotic-na.com. That is A-Z-O-T-I-C-N-A.com. All right, let's take a look at where markets ended today. And looking at the livestock side of things, green across the screen in front month contracts, February live cattle up 55 cents to 160.82 or half a half a cent to 160.82 and a half. Feeder cattle ended the day 187.70 and lean hogs at 75.05. But let's get into a conversation here with Naomi Bloom to explore further as to why these prices ended the way they did. Market Monday edition here. We have Naomi Bloom, the Senior Market Advisor for Total Farm Marketing, joining us today. Thanks for coming back and sharing your expertise with us again. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So we're sitting here on February 6th after markets just closed up to get a little bit of a perspective on what we're seeing here today. First, before we get into grains, I want to explore the jobs report that came out on Friday. Did you see any of that affecting the way commodities traded today? Um, So the jobs report on Friday was definitely a little bit friendlier um, than what the market was expecting. So it still is just essentially showing that the um, U.S. economy is, you know, doing okay. We know that some of the um, technology sectors are starting to lay people off, but everybody else... Um, they're still going full bore at it. 
Um, in terms of commodities, you know, how we were watching that is that now the thought is that the Fed will have to continue with the interest rates hiking. Um, they're probably not going to be very aggressive, but because that's the plan that made the dollar go higher. And when the dollar works higher, then that's not great for our commodity exports. So that's how it is connected to commodities. And I think commodities, you know, the last couple of days been weighed down a little bit by the thought that maybe our export market won't pick up. Um, so we're still just trapped in these ranges for grains, um, well supported fundamentally, and that's what's keeping prices up overall. Um, but we still don't have any big reason to see the market take off and rally higher either. So we continue just to be stuck. I'm glad that you helped clarify that for our listeners, because I know that we reported on it and wanted to make sure that that information is relatable for them. But now let's look at South America and South American weather, because we know that that has a lot of control on at least oil seeds, the way things are going. How is harvest shaping up down there? Well, I know that in Brazil, um, it's said that their crop is about 10 percent harvested for the soybeans. And normally they're about 20% harvested this week. So they're behind a little bit because of the rains that they've had. Um, I think that is part of the reason why soybean prices are up yet a little bit. There's thought that maybe the United States could get one more round of export sales of soybeans just because the South American crop is delayed. That means China's not getting the beans that they needed quickly. Uh, but the other reason that that's important is because right after those soybeans are harvested in Brazil, second crop corn is planted. And when the second crop corn goes into the ground, it's, it does need to get time timely planted because then it's at more risk of their kind of hot, dry season that they have in a few months. So we're keeping an eye on that in terms of second crop corn, that second crop corn in Brazil is 70% of their total production. And that's what they export out to the world. And that's, of course, now what we are going to be in competition with with China in regards to corn exports. So if we see or hear news or ideas that the second crop corn is in peril in some capacity, then maybe we'll finally see our U.S. export market pick up the pace a little bit. Another good clarification for our listeners, but as we now think about the weather that we've been having in the United States, uh, we hit on an article or a headline last week talking about the river levels. Uh, we, off, we hit on the Mississippi, the Missouri, and the Colorado. But what have, have traders had any consideration there around being able to get barge traffic down to the Gulf that we had issues with last year being in, still in an effect for 2023? Um, it's, you know, definitely of concern and still top of mind just to make sure that we have transportation up and running. Um, what I'm curious and what I don't know the answer to is in regards to basis for how much of the basis is strong because of demand versus how much is basis strong just because we still are tight on supplies. So that's going to be, I think, what we start to see unfold and see get dissected over the coming months as we um, learn more about how our demand could be. And if the USDA thinks that we still have the ability to get this grain exported through the river system and out to the world. Um, so again, like I said, I, I don't have the answer for that one, but it is definitely something that the industry is watching. Yeah. Now that, that demand factor will be a key 
And one of those areas that we've reported on a lot lately is the ethanol market. It seems like we continue to build up our inventories uh, and we also continue to see announcements uh, such as being able to make jet fuel. How are ethanol margins looking? Um, I feel the what I saw recently is that things are not too far out of the realm of what would be perceived as normal. And, and I'm mm-hmm. still bullish ethanol. I'm still bullish uh, corn for ethanol. I still feel that crude oil prices are going to work higher yet into the summer, and we're going to see a retest of $100 crude oil. And when we see that happen, that'll make a you know, corn market and corn prices at least stay firm or go right along with it. Um, it still is a, is a friendly story overall. I know that the ethanol plant near where I live in Wisconsin is just humming along just fine. And they've been sending home some pretty fat dividend checks to their investors. And that market um, has been going fantastic here where I live. So this Wednesday would be the next weekly ethanol report. And we'll see if, um, you know, how, how demand has been after the new year. You know, when I'm out traveling across the Midwest, boy, traffic is heavy. Um, I feel like the demand is still strong. And I, like I said, I still think it's a friendly market. Yeah, and we have another report coming out on Wednesday. Uh, looks like the next WASD comes out. What types of things are traders looking to watch coming out of that report? Well, traditionally, the February WASD report is a dud, uh, meaning not a lot of big changes because they do big changes on the January report. Um, but specifically on this report, we're going to see what the USDA does with the Argentina production for soybeans and for corn because of the drought. Will they lower production again, which is priced into the market because we've been talking about it for a long time. But if the USDA would actually put it on the balance sheet, um, that would, of course, then on paper make global ending stocks come down one more notch and that ultimately is supportive for the markets. We're also going to see what the USDA does for corn exports. And that I think will be the biggest question. Um, If they leave it unchanged, then that means that they still feel optimistic that U.S. corn exports are going to pick up in the future, even though we are still running behind um, pretty substantially. But they've cut exports, you know, essentially since May of 20. 22, they've been reducing the export demand um, over the past, you know, seven, eight months. So that's, I think, right now what the markets can be watching for. But again, usually the February report doesn't really bring a lot of big excitement. Yeah, we got a little surprise in January. Hopefully we don't have two larger surprises coming out on this Wednesday. But as our listeners are getting their marketing week kicked off, what are some other things that we should be watching that we haven't talked about yet? Well, you know, really just keep an eye on those outside markets um, and and keep an eye on the geopolitical situations. Everybody's a little bit on edge again with um, happenings with the Middle East, keeping an eye on um energy prices, keeping an eye on what China is doing and how their economy is going. They're supposed to potentially, now that they're coming out of COVID, have record demand and record use again for crude oil and energy like that. So that would be supportive to the market. Um, I would say this for the livestock sector, be aware of a seasonal for live cattle futures. The April contract and the June contract have a pretty strong seasonal tendency that the market Um, peaks out right around Valentine's Day and then usually works lower for um, a few weeks. And part of that is because the 
uh, demand has been met from the Super Bowl and restaurant demand has been met for Valentine's Day. And so then we just kind of usually go into a lull and the cattle market is overbought right now. So I don't think that this is like the high for cattle and that the market's going to crash, but we could have a six or seven dollar pullback and still be in a long term uptrend. But there might be some opportunity there. Um, with the cattle market. So start thinking of ways that you can maybe protect these higher levels for a short-term pullback. Yeah, it certainly seems like the cattle have really taken headlines ever since that January 1 cattle on feed report had come out. Uh, obviously, headlines that just come out again today is overanalyzing the shortest cow herd that we've had historically. Um, it'll be quite interesting to keep an eye on those things. Well, Naomi, we appreciate you hanging out with us. If our listeners want to track you down or give you a reach out for advice, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, give me a call at 800-334-9779 or send me an email. It's Naomi at totalfarmmarketing.com. Awesome. Thanks again, Naomi. We really appreciate it. Yes, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, Jennifer, there we go. Good start to the week again. Thanks again to Naomi for hanging out and making this sound good. Uh, It will be hopefully the beginning to another great week. Absolutely. I agree. And I can't wait to hop back on tomorrow. Absolutely. Well, listeners, keep in touch with us. But for today, what do you say? Should we let them go? Let's let them go.